Well, again, good morning, good morning. Welcome to church. Uh, a special welcome again if you are new and welcome SCI Chester with our partnership with God Behind Bars. Come on, let's clap for them. Come on, church, why don't you stand to your feet? We have a uh, guest with us this morning and uh, a great friend of the house, uh, a great friend of Pastor Jesse, and uh, man, just an incredible man of God uh, over in India and one of our global partners. And so when uh, you give to True North, uh, we partner with Vision, what's called Vision Rescue over in India and just makes an impact in thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives. And so you're gonna be blessed by this. Lean in, take notes, but come on, put your hands together. Let's clap for Pastor Bijou. Thank you, he brings the word of God. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Good morning, True North. Please, while we are still standing, let's take a moment to pray. Abba, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. I want to thank you so much for this morning, for your presence in our midst. Lord, even as we are worshiping you, thank you, Lord, that chains are being broken, sicknesses are being healed, people are being set free, Jesus is being glorified. Lord, today your people have come here to have an encounter with you. I pray that, Lord, you would touch everybody. Let nobody go back the same way we came. Holy Spirit, I give over to you. You take over, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I bring you hot and spicy greetings from India. <laughs> Some curry on it, that's right. It's so good to be here back at True North. And it's been such a joy to be part of your journey. Like Pastor Brian said, the first time I met Pastor Jesse, it was in London in the back of a van. We were both stuck in the back seat. You know, a lot of people and he had no choice but to talk to me. Because like we were like breathing into each other's face, you know. And uh, that conversation was a like definitely God orchestrated backseat conversation. And uh, here we are. And just like uh, Nicolette was saying, I've been, I had the privilege of being part of your journey and uh, come to different venues that True North have been meeting over the years and thank God for this place. First time I'm bringing God's word in this venue. And uh, what an amazing place, right? And uh, I believe we will fill this up many times over. And before you know it, this will be too small. And uh, I believe church is not limited to a building. It's a people. And I believe God has placed you here in this, part of the, in this part of this country to make an impact, not only in this part of the country, but around the world, which you are doing. So I want to thank you, Pastor uh, Jesse and Liza, Pastor Eric and Joanne. What a blessing you have to have incredible leaders like father and mother. I love coming and visiting this family. When I came to America with my family, I said, one of the things that we have to do is come and visit them. You know, so we drove from New York, we rented a car, came, and I brought my children. I wanted to, them to come and hang out at their home. Just, you know, just hang out with them. It's something that you catch from these, these family when you hang out with them. So we, we still talk about that. My little son, Benjamin, he talks about s'mores, what do you call it? The marshmallows in the fire. 
Yay, sports, you know. <laughs> so we made sports, we talked, we hung out, had conversations. Last night I went to their home and Pastor Joanne made homemade pizzas. And uh, we sat around the table, had great conversations. It's an incredible blessing to have people that love you, to lead you. And uh, I want to encourage you, get planted in church. You know, the Bible says those who are planted in the house of God flourish in the courts of God. God's plan for your life, your marriage, your family is to flourish. And God's method for you to flourish is by being planted. Everybody say planted. Planted in the house of the Lord. You know. And um, so if you're still checking out, stop checking out and check in. You know. Sign up. Yes, sign up to be a volunteer. Sign up, join team, host team, different teams you can join. Join. That is when your life changes. When you move from being a consumer to a stakeholder, a shareholder, something happens. When you become a contributor, something changes. I will tell you the story of Anish. Anish is from Kolkata, a city in the northeast of India. He was, uh, he grew up in a, family of crime, you know, environment of crime. He was a dreaded criminal in his area. When he would walk the streets, shop owners would put the shutters down. That was a kind of, you know, he was, people were scared of him. He, but over a period of time, he became addicted to substance and he came to us for, as a rehab candidate. He came in, we just began to love him, speak the word into him, gave him a place to stay. And I could see slowly his life being transformed. And one day I said, Anish, it's good that you're here, but why don't you get on the giving side? Why don't you come and join the team in the kitchen where we cook food to feed thousands of children on the streets? He said, great idea. So he began to come and chop the vegetables, help the cooking team. After some time I said, okay, good. You are in the kitchen. Why don't you come to the streets? And start feeding the children. Good. He began to get on the bus and come to the streets. The more he got involved, the more he began to contribute, I could see that his life was getting changed. There was something I felt like he felt dignified. He felt like I could make a difference. I am making a difference. His life was changing. And he never went to school. He can't read or write. That means he can't even read the Bible. You know, but he began to hear the word of God. Lives began to transform and he began to become, become an expression of God's love to other people. You know, you don't need to be a theologian or go to Bible college to be the gospel. Somebody said, preach the gospel, use words when necessary. Love has no language. So Anish began to do that and then we began to work in an area with a lot of criminals. He said, okay, this is my zone. You know, I'm going to do this. So he would go out with food to people, young people who are on the streets, high on drugs, you know, dying on the streets, began to feed them. And one day, he found this young man on the street. He was so high on drugs, he couldn't even get up. His dirty clothes were dirty. And he went to him and said, hey, would you like to have some lunch? Yeah. Sat down with him, gave him some a pack of lunch, as he was eating, Anish sat down, began to talk to him, listen to his story. It 
comes out that this young man, when he was eight years old, he was trafficked and sold into Bangladesh. And then he was again sold into Calcutta. And when he was in Calcutta, he was in the hands of a drug dealer. He was being used as a transporter. As a child, people don't, you know, you put drugs into a school bag and they, he was using him as a carrier. And after some time, this boy became a drug addict himself. And uh, life of crime, after some time, after a few years, he stole some money and ran away. Money from his boss, he stole and ran away and came to Mumbai. He was on the streets in Mumbai, high on drugs, ended up in being involved in a crime, ended up in jail, came out of jail, again on the streets, crime, high. That is when Anish beats him. He began to feed him. Every day he would go, give him food, talk to him. After a few days, he told Anish, can you help me? I would like to get out of this life, this lifestyle. So Anish said, of course, brought him. This boy had not showered for one year. You can imagine, his clothes were dirty. Ready? Gave him a shower, gave him new clothes. You know, began to feed him good food. After some time, Anish said, hey, now Anish is telling him, why don't you get into the kitchen? <laughs> Start cooking. He said, good. You know, Anish can't preach the gospel. He doesn't need, don't, but he can tell people, lead people in the same path that he had gone through. That's why I love hearing the story of Nicolette. You know, she has a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. You have a story of your own. Anish began to tell him his story and bring this young man part of, you know, his story. He said, good. And this boy became a good cook. Anish wasn't that good cook. cook. <laughs> this boy became a good cook. He was passionate about cooking. He joined our cooking team. After some time, we said, okay, why don't you go out and get a job in the restaurant? As a cook, we helped him. He went and got a job as a cook in a restaurant. He excelled. After some time, he started his own catering business. And also a business as a consultant helping other people start catering businesses. Now, during the pandemic, this other boy also at the age of eight, he was trafficked. He never went to school after that. Okay. During the pandemic, when the lockdown started, people, thousands and thousands of people around him were starving. You know what he did? He set up a community kitchen. He began to cook food for hundreds of people every day and distribute it free of cost to starving people. How did it all start? How did this, and now he, Roshan, this other boy, is married, he has a son. Anish is married, he's got a, they got a daughter. These lives transformed when they moved from being a consumer to a shareholder. From being a, on the receiving end to the giving end. So I want to encourage you, get on the giving end. You know, and you have something to give, you have something to contribute. And that will change your life and uh, the lives of so many people around you. Brilliant. That was not the message. Just, uh, you know, I was just telling some stories. And uh, I know that you have been studying the book of Acts. 
Okay. Ends of the Earth series. I love the book of Acts. And, uh, you know, if you want to know what the church is like, the closest possible thing is the book of Acts. You know, because that is when the New Testament church was born. So, to benchmark the church or your Christian life, if you want to benchmark or compare, it's the book of Acts. I used to drink milky, sugary coffee. One day, I met a man who owned a coffee bean roasting factory. So he offered me, I said, no, milk and sugar. I said, no. He said, no. I'll teach you how to drink coffee. So he took me to his factory. He gave me some coffee beans, roasted beans, really nice roasted beans. Put this in your mouth. I said, yep. Put it in my mouth. Bite it. Okay. Very specific commands. I bit it. It broke. I said, let it just be in your palates. Feel it in your palates for some time. Think about it. Meditate on coffee. Think about the taste. Experience it. So I said, okay. And then he said, when you drink a coffee, it has to be as close as possible to the taste of these beans. That is when you have a gauge of good coffee. If that is the case, the best possible scenario that we get of the church is the book of Acts. Right? The closer we get to that, that means we are on good path. And one thing about the church in the book of Acts is that supernatural was natural for them. Supernatural was normal for them. You cannot separate Christianity and supernatural. It's like having chicken curry without chicken. Right? You cannot have chicken curry without the chicken. You can have the gravy, spices, everything. Without the chicken, it's not a chicken curry. It's just a curry. Right? So you cannot have the, the church. This is not a pep talk that is happening here. This is not motivational speaking. This is the word of God that has the power to transform your life. We are bringing, preaching the word of God that has the power to heal, deliver, set you free. You know, the, during the worship time, yes, amen. Jesus is glorified. Like Pastor Brian said, this is not performance. This is not look at me. This is join with us. Let us worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is present in our midst. And as we do that, as we lift him up, our burdens are removed. Chains are broken. Sickness healed. This is supernatural. This is not normal. This is supernatural. And I believe God wants supernatural to be part of your life. Not only when you come to church. In your day-to-day -day life. In your work life, in your school, in your college, in your business, in your marriage, in your family. As a child of God in whom the Holy Spirit lives, supernatural is a normal part of our life. Without that, there is no Christian life. So how do we see the supernatural? How do we see miracles happening in our life? Now, miracles don't happen when you go after the miracles. Because miracle is not a magic show. You know, this is God at work. So how do we see supernatural in our life? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The Lord Jesus said, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So, supernatural becomes normal when you are dependent upon God's power. Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus said, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me. He said, do not leave the city until the Holy Spirit comes. Why? Because John chapter 15 verse 5, he had told them, apart from me, you can do nothing. So, supernatural becomes natural, normal for you when you realize, when you live from a place of awareness that I cannot do this on my own. I need God. I need God's presence. I need God's power. I need God's wisdom. I need God. God, I need you. That is why the disciples waited. They didn't know on the 10th day the Holy Spirit will come. They were just waiting without knowing how long. It was 15 days, 20 days, 100 days. They would have just waited. Right? Because Jesus said, this is necessary. You cannot do it without me. My dear friends, that is the most important awareness in Christian life. We cannot do it without God. We need God. When we live a life of dependency on the Holy Spirit, supernatural becomes natural. I grew up in a home uh, where my parents are church planters. You know, they were in the small town in Kerala, in the southernmost part of India. Our home was more like a hospital <laughs> than a house. I cannot remember a day where at least 50 people did not eat in my house. Like always people, strangers coming. When you wake up in the morning, you'll have people already put their washing line in front of your house. You know, people don't even, you don't even know. You know, as children, many times we would go to sleep in our bedroom. We would wake up in the hall because my parents gave away the bedroom to somebody else who came at midnight. Like for a year and a half, I shared a bedroom with a person who was mentally affected. I mean, he was not dangerous or anything. He would just wake up in the night, switch on the light, switch off the light, switch on the light, open the door, close the door. After, I was 11 or something, you know. After some time, I just got used to it. I just go to sleep. <laughs> like, people, sick people, when the doctors gave up on them, they would come and live in my parents' home until they got healed. So my parents had to really pray, believe God to get people healed fast so that they could <laughs> create room for more people, you know. Get healed, get out, you know. So... There was not a moment in my life where I, where I doubted the presence of, doubted the power in the name of Jesus. Because when I grew up, supernatural was part of our life. It was, you know, just, it happened every day in our school, in our home. When you came home every day, we didn't know what to expect from, from school. Like, some days when we come home, my parents would, somebody would be standing, you can't go in right now. There's stuff happening out there, you know, like, Somebody's become violent, you know, like they brought some person affected. So we grew up with all that. Now, the thing is, is that 
should we be surprised at that? Should we, sur we be surprised when that happened? No. We should be surprised when that does not happen. Amen? Because if you look at the book of Acts, that was normal. Every day, miracles happened. God moved. God did wonders. God did signs. So signs and wonders and miracles, I believe, is normal for our lives. Not only when you come to church, in your life, personal life. So that happens when you live a life of dependency on the Holy Spirit. We need you. The New Testament church, one thing we know, they moved forward not on their feet but on their knees. They knew how to pray. You only pray when you live in an awareness that you need God. You cannot live without God. Then you automatically pray. Right? In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, where the apostle Paul says, pray continually. Another translation, pray without ceasing. If you look at the original language, it's pray incessant, incessantly. Okay. That is the word. The same, the Greek word that is used there, the same word that is used to describe a person who is coughing without ceasing, coughing, who's got infected with a cough. Now, have you ever seen a person who's got a cough saying, oh, I didn't get time to cough today? <laughs> no. Like, I forgot to cough. No. You don't hear a person with cough saying, oh, wait a minute, let me cough for half an hour and come back. No. I don't get time to cough these days. No. It is just part of his thing. His, he is working, he's coughing, he's showering, he's coughing, he's washing dishes, he's coughing. Like he's talking to you, he's coughing. It is part of his life. When you live from a place of awareness of the truth that you cannot live without God, prayer becomes part of your life. You're always praying. Say, God, what do I do now? I need you, Lord. How, what decision do I make now? What do I tell that person? You know, you need to come through right now. I live in that place all the time. You know, sometimes I think it's easier to be a Christian in India than in America. We have a lot of persecution, opposition, but still we are pushed against the wall to a place where we have to depend on God. Here, I mean, I love... I love America, but you, everything is so convenient here. Many times you, I don't, you don't need to trust in God. Everything is just there. You know, it's, everything is accessible. You can do it on your own. My dear friend, Christian life cannot be lived without God. You need to, we need to move forward. When that happens, when your posture is, I need you, Lord, you become a humble person. Right? That is a posture of humility. God, I need you. Then prayer transforms you. Prayer is not to bend God to do what you want to do. Prayer bends you to do what God wants to do. Amen? Prayer changes you. Prayer is not to change God to come your way. Prayer is to change you to, do, to go God's way. Amen? It makes you a stronger person, different person, transformed person. Number two, supernatural, 
becomes normal when you align your life to God's purpose. Number one, when you need God's power. Number two, when you align your life to God's purpose. You look at the life of Moses. He was drawn from the water, but he grew up in the king's palace. I'm sure even at a young age, his mother who was nursing him had told him, Moses, your cousins are slaves, your uncles are slaves. Everybody in the family except you are slaves. You are growing up in this palace wearing Gucci gown and driving a BMW chariot because God has a plan for your life. You're going to the you know, high-end school, private school. How come? There is a plan that God has. I'm sure she had told him because when he woke, grew up, the Bible says Moses went out and find out what his brothers were doing. And he tried, he started his own, his own thing. MosesMinistries.com It might have called that. If it was today, he, I'll sort this out. Guys, don't fight. You know, what happened? He ended up killing an Egyptian, hiding him under the sand, being found out, having to run away. Where did it all go? He tried to do things his way. He was trying to build his thing. But 40 years later, God brought him to a place where he realized, I can't do it on my own. I need God. Exodus chapter 3 verse 9. The Bible says, 9 and 10, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. God is telling now. Now it's not Moses' thing. It's God's thing. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now. Therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, just imagine if Moses had become successful then. When Moses started off, Hypothetically, just think, if he had become successful, what is the best he could have done? I think he would have reduced their number of hours of work from 15 hours to 10 hours. He would have reduced their punishment, you know, amount of punishment, made it, made it lighter. He would have made them dignified slaves he would have started a not-for-profit for slave rights. NGO. That's the best Moses could have done. There would have been no supernatural there. It would have been dependent upon his power. You know, when the lockdown started, when the COVID came, in India, the biggest problem, much bigger than the virus, was the lockdown and people dying of starvation. We couldn't, none of us could get out. We all had to get stuck to our homes. We had to close all the schools of Vision Rescue. We have 130 staff, full-time staff working with us. 90 interns. Working, we're working with about 15,000 people on a regular basis. Everything just came to a hard stop. People who partner with us, support the ministry, several of them called me and said, our business is affected. We cannot give to Vision Rescue anymore. 
Our church giving has gone low. We cannot, be, our giving is going to go down. Or we stop, we, we can't support you. Real, the whole world was affected. On the dif- from a different side, I would hear, get calls from leaders of other not-for-profits, well-meaning people. They called me and said, Biju, we are cutting down operations. We are, we are laying off staff. You got to do what you got to do to protect the organization. And from a different side, I began to hear stories of people dying of starvation. Whole families, parents committing suicide along with their children because they could not bear the sight of seeing their children die of starvation in front of them. I got confused. I said, Lord, what do I do? You know, place of dependency on the Holy Spirit. You have to depend on Him. You don't know what to make the decision. I said, God, what do? What should I do? I'm getting all this advice. I'm getting all this information. What should I do? The Lord spoke to me and said, I called you. I called you because these people needed you. They need you all the more now. How can you back off now? This is the time for you to do more. I'm going to come through. I am your source. I am your resource. I am the provider. Jehovah Jireh. I called our leaders and said, the Lord spoke to me and said, we are going to do more. I don't know what, but we are going to do more. So we found out about 17 families in one of the slum communities where we work. Hostavi. I said, let's get up, put a package of food for a family of five to live for 10 days. Let's distribute to those uh, 17 families. We started. We got special permission from the government to move our vehicle into those. We had to, it's a logistical nightmare. We had to go through all that. We couldn't gather people, social distancing and everything. Then we heard about more people, 30 people, 50 people. Within two and a half months, we were distributing food to 18,000 families. 18,000 fam- families. During the pandemic, we were able to give uh, 2.5 million meals to people who were starving. How did this happen? Supernatural. Amen. Miracles began to happen. Supernatural provision. How did... Amen. How did this happen? We aligned... I decided to align to what God is doing. To God's purpose. God's purpose is always connected to people. God's purpose is always connected to freeing people from oppression. God hates oppression. God hates slavery. You know, God wants to save humanity. God, God's plan is that none should perish. And when you align your life to what God is doing, miracles follow Amen. When Moses aligned his life to what God is doing, he did not make dignified slaves. He got people out of Egypt. He saw the Red Sea parting. He saw manna coming down from heaven. He saw water coming out of the rock. Quails were flying into the, you know, they could catch them. Miracles began to follow. My dear friend, God's plan for your life, your family, your business, is to see supernatural become normal. But how does that happen? Align your life to what God is doing. Amen. To God's purpose. Align your business to God's purpose. Your business, when it exists, to serve God's purpose. When the purpose of your business is to build God's kingdom. When the purpose of your 
life, your education is to build God's kingdom, you will see supernatural become normal. Because God comes through, because you are doing what He's doing. You are aligning your life, business, career, education, everything to, to what He is doing. Miracles follow. Number three, miracles follow when you dream based on God's, God's possibility, not your possibility. Amen. Is there anything impossible for God? There is nothing impossible for God. Many times we dream dreams based on the best that we can do. You know, God starts at the end of the best of what we can do. I want to encourage you. Don't dream small for your business. Yesterday I went for a haircut to one shop. One. What a guy. I loved hearing his story. Come from Puerto Rico to America. You know, difficult life. He was working for somebody. And, and, and he was a hard-working man. Began to dream. I went to his studio. He was already cutting somebody's hair when I went at 8 o'clock. Already started early morning. So Pastor Lewis, Pastor Lewis took me there. He said, let me take you, uh, give you a sh- tour around this shop while he's cutting the other person's hair. He showed me another room where he built a studio. I said, this doesn't look like a hairdressing place. He said, no, this is a place that he built to film stories of people of transformation while he's cutting the hair. So that then it goes on YouTube, on video, it'll inspire other people. Wow! A young man who came from Puerto Rico, a nation affected by poverty, just like India, came to America. He did not just dream, he's not dreaming just of building a business to make his life better. He wants to build a business to make other people's lives better. He's not building a business based on his capacity. He's building a business, he, he's dreaming based on God, God's possibility. My dear friend, what is your dream? Is your dream to build a big house for yourself? That's too small. That will happen all, along the way. Make your dream to give away thousand houses. Amen. Make your dream in alignment with God's possibility. Nothing is impossible with God. When you dream like that, depending on God's power, aligned to God's purpose, in line with God's possibility. That is when you are really living the Christian life. That is when we begin to roll. That is when we begin to see supernatural become normal in your life. I'm really believing that that is your portion. I'm believing you're going to see that happening in your life. Many of you want a, you need a miracle in your marriage. You need a miracle in your business, in your home. Like I told you in the beginning, miracle does not happen when you go after miracles. Miracles happen when you do these things. Dependent on God's power. Aligned to God's purpose. Dreaming based on God's possibility. Are you ready for a miracle in your life? I want to pray for you. Why don't you stand together? Let's pray together. Let's reach out to God. This is a moment. The presence of the Holy Spirit is so real in this place. Reach out to God. God is touching people right now. Sick people are going to be healed right now. If you came here burdened, if you came here heavy, you will go back different to how you came. 
because you are in the presence of the miracle worker you are in the presence of the healer chains are being broken right now in jesus name depression is leaving people in jesus name by the name of jesus i pray for every single precious children of yours in this place i speak freedom into people's lives lord i speak deliverance into people's lives i speak healing into sick bodies i speak lord hope and encouragement into every person here lord let this day be the beginning of a life of supernatural for every person here lord thank you for hearing your prayer in jesus precious name we pray amen and amen god bless you we love you guys we love you i want to thank you again pastor jesse and all the leadership for having me here and i want to thank you for standing with us all these i talked about feeding these millions of meals would not have happened without you without your partnership so together we are doing this journey and i will come back with more stories next time god bless you amen amen come on let's clap for pastor bijou incredible incredible word Well, hey, we don't close the service without giving people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're a Christian in here, I want to encourage you, don't miss this moment to, to pray for people. Whether they're behind you, beside you, people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, this is a moment that you get to pray. This is a moment that you get to intercede that people would make the greatest decision they can make on planet Earth. The Bible says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God for none are righteous not even one. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus came from heaven to earth and lived a perfect and sinless life for you. And he died and 3 days later was raised back to life defeating sin and death once and for all. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus had to die. And it says for it is by grace through faith. Grace is unmerited favor. You can't earn it. You, you you don't deserve it. You can't go out and work for it. You come to Jesus just as you are. Saying, "You know what? I've messed up. I've made mistakes. I want to accept this free gift of salvation. I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And that he paid for my sin on that cross." The Bible says, "If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved." You're going to walk out of these doors today going, "You know what? I'm not living after my own dreams, my own purposes anymore. I want to follow what God has for me, and there is no better decision that you can make." So if that's you today. We're all going to repeat this prayer together, but specifically, if you're saying yes to Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer after me and we're all going to repeat it together. Come on, church, say, "Jesus, here I am. I need your grace. I need your mercy." I need your forgiveness. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I am now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's clap for everyone who said that prayer for the first time.